Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome, listener. I'm glad you're here. Take a seat next to the fire. investigation the county sheriff now had a murder investigation to lead search warrants were issued for the mullis farm as standard practice all electronic devices owned by the family were taken for evidence to be examined jerry frazier amy's lover was one of the first people to be interviewed sitting in the detective's unmarked police car on november 14th special agent john turbot from the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigations, asked for his whereabouts on the morning of Amy's murder. Jerry was at home with his family on that day. He handed over his cell phone and details to his Gmail account immediately. He did everything he could to help in the investigation. He was horrified of Amy's death. His family members and his cell phone and computer data all confirmed his whereabouts on that day. Jerry was nowhere near the Mullis farm. He was ruled out as a suspect early in the investigation. On November 16th, a total of 19 search warrants for electronic devices, Google, and cell phone records, emails, social media messages, and a search of the home were executed at the Mullis farm. 
A camera DVR unit that covered the farm buildings was also taken into evidence for examination. Later that day, Special Agent Turbot asked Todd Mullis into the county sheriff's office for a formal interview. He wanted to talk about Amy's death and what happened at the farm on the day she died. Todd told the special agent his relationship with Amy was good, that they had worked through her earlier affair and they were in a good place. Their communication with each other was great, he told the agent. It was not an accurate description of the state of the marriage. During the interview, Todd was told for the first time that authorities now knew Amy's death was not an accident. More than that, Special Agent Turbot told Todd all evidence pointed in one direction. Todd's response was muted and quiet. He told me no one was on the farm that day except him, Tristan, Amy, and the two smaller children in the house. I tried to clarify if there was the possibility of any working men or, or hired hands or anyone that would also be on the property for some reason. He said there was no one else on the property that day. I'm provided a copy of the autopsy report when it's finalized. As part of the investigative team, I also had uh, the opportunity to have some conversation with the state medical examiner that conducted the autopsy, Dr. Cruz. I had been told at that point that the medical examiner uh, believed this was now a homicide. Well, that was completely inside of the closed circles of the investigative and prosecutive team. It was still being considered uh, an accidental fall to the public. Uh, no time after I tell him that um, does he deny and say, no, I did not kill my wife. In fact, uh, as I proceed for the next 35 plus minutes to tell him the evidence is very clear. In fact, it is a homicide and you killed Amy. Um, the most I get from him, it's a, it's a very flat uh, emotional affect. Uh, he says, how? And he says, what evidence do you have? And you tell me what the police know, but never know I didn't kill my wife. He did not tell me to look for anyone else that killed her. I've done this dozens and dozens of times over the course of my career, and this is a very uh, unemotional, very flat. Uh, he just sits there. Um, like I said, uh, a few uh, statements about what evidence I actually have, but no denial. And then he just sits and listens uh, very contemplatively. Looks, he, he looks at me, looks off in the distance. Sometimes he looks down as he's considering everything that I say as I continue to tell him the evidence at this point is overwhelming. This is, in fact, a homicide. You did kill Amy. He just sits there. Three days later, Amy's funeral was held at Greeley Community Church near her home in Earlville. Family and friends were able to say goodbye to Amy, who was remembered as a caring, fun-loving woman who loved life and adored being a mom. As she was laid to rest, no one in attendance understood her death or how such a tragic freak accident came to happen on her own farm. They weren't aware of the evidence that was mounting against her husband and father to her children. On February 28, 2019, Four months after Amy's death, Todd was arrested on suspicion of her murder. Police now believe they had enough evidence to place the corn rake in his hands as it was being swung savagely at Amy's back. He was charged at Delaware County District Court with first-degree murder and held on a $5 million bond. He remained inside Delaware County Jail awaiting his trial. That came on September 16, 2019, in a new location. The case had already captured attention across the country, and the state 
and was being followed closely by the media. A judgment was made to shift the trial into the neighboring Dubok County, reducing the risk of media exposure to the jury members who were about to be selected. The Trial Delaware County Attorney John Bernard and Assistant Attorney General Denise A. Timmons had worked hard at preparing for this trial. They were confident in their work and the evidence they were going to present to the jury. There was no doubt that Amy had been murdered. Both the prosecution and defense teams agreed on that fact. What was being put to the jury for their decision was whether her killer was her own husband. As the trial opened on September 16th, the prosecution wanted the jury to get to know Amy Mullis and hear her voice come through in the evidence that was to follow. We would love for you to get to meet Amy, but you won't. Instead, you will share a courtroom with her killer. That morning, when Amy walked out of her house on November 10th, 2018, to do chores on the farm, it appeared to be a day like any other. Amy didn't know then what you will all know by the end of this trial. That walk that she had taken hundreds of times out of her front door to the hog barn would be her last and would lead to her death. What made this day different than any other day was the defendant and his cold and calculated plan. The defendant made sure the only people at his farm that day were him, his wife, and his kids because he didn't want any other witnesses. He sent his 13-year-old son to go and find his mother who he had just slaughtered. The doctors could tell that Amy was struck at least two times in the back with the corn rake. This was not an accident. It was a homicide. The defendant acted like he was upset. He had to. This was his big moment, what he had been practicing and planning for months. The evidence in this case is overwhelming, and the trail of evidence leads to only one place, to where Amy's murderer sits across this courtroom from you today. And make no mistake, the defendant earned this seat in this courtroom by what he did that day, November 10th, 2018. The lead defense attorney for Todd Mullis was Gerald Feuerhelm. A 25-year-old veteran of the Iowa criminal defense table, his task was going to be an uphill climb. Any notion that Amy died in a farm accident had now been discarded, Amy's death being the result of a tragic fall while she was alone in the red shed, as Todd had claimed to 911 and police deputies. This could not be the defense argument. Instead, the defense had to convince the jury that someone else must have entered that farm that morning gone into the red shed and brutally took Amy's life unseen and unheard. His explanation was the only one he could think of. This wasn't something he manufactured. It was like, what, what else could it be? She was dizzy in the, in the hog barn. Here she, we find her with this fork in her back. She was trying to get this pet carrier out of the shed. I don't have any other explanation. Yes, I expect you're going to hear a history of this marriage. At the suggestions of friends and family, they went through counseling and they worked through it. I believe you'll hear testimony from Todd that his marriage was important, his children were important, 
the, the farm life was important to him, but not so important that he's going to murder the mother, mother of his children and his wife. But behind his back, Amy was having a significant sexual affair with someone who actually came to the farm on a regular basis, a gentleman by the name of Jerry Frazier. It was extensive that he and Amy would meet at various locations at various times, and it was sexual. Tom Ellis' statements about Amy falling on a fork and dying accidentally was a honest, legitimate, on-the-spot explanation or an attempt to explain what happened to her. It was wrong. She was murdered horribly. But I believe that you will find that not only at the end of this case that there's a reasonable doubt about Mr. Mullis's guilt, but there's no doubt at all. Thank you. Jerry Fraser knew he would have to testify in court. This quiet, hidden affair he had been having on the side of his own marriage had suddenly blown up with his lover murdered, and the details of his intense affair with her out for the world to see. The marriage. Amy wanted out of her marriage with Todd, and after 14 years she was engaged in her second affair when she was murdered. Although she had dreams of being with Jerry full-time in the future, she knew if she was going to leave Todd, she had to do it for herself and be able to make it on her own. She felt trapped on the farm and felt he was watching her every move. She was worried about the effect her leaving would have on her children, Tristan especially. He was very close to his dad. Amy feared he would hate her for leaving the family. Her closest friends were called to testify to the conversations they had with Amy. On the stand, they confirmed the mountain of text messages shown to the court that displayed Amy's own words as she considered her options. In the years running up to her murder, Amy had made several comments to friends and family members about Todd. She told them he was controlling and that if she tried to leave him, he would kill her or make her disappear. Evidence was building that Amy was deeply fearful of Todd and concerned for her own welfare. Tristan was 14 years old by the time his father stood trial. He was the only other person on the Mullis farm that morning who could testify to what happened. The only one who could say where Todd was during those morning hours, it was evidence that had changed multiple times. The trauma suffered by this young boy is unimaginable. He found his mother that morning inside the shed. On the frantic drive towards the hospital, she lay across his lap bleeding into his shirt and barely breathing. Months after her death, his father was arrested and charged with her brutal and cold-blooded murder. Tristan and his younger siblings were being cared for and supported by their grandparents as they tried to come to terms with what happened. Tristan told deputies on the day of the murder his father was with him the whole time, with only a minute or two out of his sight, while he went to get a drink of water. Later during the deposition and preparation for trial, the time was extended a little further. Immediately after the deposition, Tristan asked his lawyer to tell prosecutors what he had said wasn't true. The truth was his father was out of sight and out of the hog barn that morning and he couldn't say for exactly how long. This was the evidence he courageously gave to the court as he was gently questioned by both sides via video link. 
On September 8th, the second day of the trial, forensic pathologist and Iowa State Medical Examiner, Dr. Kelly Cruz, described in detail the terrible injuries that Amy had suffered. A detective came and knocked on the door, and I said, is it Renee? And he just gave me that solemn look. It was the worst day ever. The Proof Podcast is back with a new case and a new season. 23 years ago, 18-year-old Renee Ramos went missing. Her body was later found in an empty Home Depot building on the edge of town. I don't think that they arrested the right people. It's about time somebody's trying to do something. She had a black eye about two weeks before she was murdered. They are involved. They definitely had her body and her backpack. You know people are going to judge you, right? Of course. They're judging me now. They've been judging me damn near my whole life. You can listen now to season two of Proof wherever you get your podcasts and follow along with us as we reinvestigate the murder at the warehouse. I have to ask, did you kill Renee? Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Since she had a number of external injuries, I wanted to look closely and see if any of those injuries corresponded to injuries on, in the internal organs as well. Um, the injuries were confined, the penetrating injuries were confined to the chest region. So I did identify some injury to the lungs um, as well, as well as blood in the chest cavities. So she has a small abrasion or a scrape in the middle of her upper lip, and she also has a much larger abrasion or a scrape on the, her left, left side of her chin with a surrounding contusion or a bruise. So in contrast to blunt force, we have a blunt object essentially hitting the skin. Sharp force penetrates the skin and cuts and divides as it moves through your body. You tend to have longer sort of injuries with a sharp force injury. We classically think of knives and things like that, but really anything that would be able to cut and divide the skin would be considered a sharp object. And here we see multiple sharp force injuries that I identified at autopsy. And here, Dr. Cruz, how many blood, or I'm sorry, sharp force injuries do you see? We see a total of six, which was the number that I I identified at autopsy. So the first one, um, the first one on the right entered the chest cavity through the ribs, and that's the one that also exited the chest cavity on the anterior surface and punctured the right breast and breast implant. Then on the left, more left to it is puncture wound B. So puncture wound B entered the soft tissue and the chest cavity in between the ribs as well. This one hit the right lung in two different spots. 
Then it continued on and went through the diaphragm. It also punctured the liver as well. Like puncture wound C, puncture wound D only injured soft tissue. It did not enter the chest cavity. So puncture wound E did enter the chest cavity, but instead of the right side of the chest, it entered the left side of the chest. It went through the soft tissue in between two ribs. And it was actually so close to the spine region that it injured part of a vertebral body or that bone that makes up the spine um, and injured a part of that as well. She would have to be impaled with the rake at least twice. And when you say at least twice, can you tell exactly how many times she was struck? I cannot. You could consider one penetrating wound for each of these injuries, but at least twice, possibly three times. And in this case, were you able to determine Amy Mullis' cause of death? Yes. And what was it? Sharp force injuries of torso. And you also indicated that your part of your exam is to determine the manner of death. Correct. And in this case, what was the manner of death? Homicide. The six individual puncture wounds to Amy's back had been inflicted from two different directions. They could not have been created with one single impact. Four of the six wounds were pointing downward. Two of the wounds were opposite, pointing upward. Amy had been struck at least twice with a corn rake at different angles, maybe even three times. It was a repeat attack aimed to cause maximum damage. As part of the investigations, police had executed search warrants for the Mullis home. They had seized over 700 pages of Google searches made on Todd's password-protected iPad using his own Gmail account. These searches dated back months and suggested a pattern of obsessive behavior focused on one thing, infidelity and punishment. Details in those searches were characteristics of a cheating woman, What did ancient cultures do to cheating women? What happens to cheaters in history? And killing unfaithful women? These were the words that had been typed into the Google search bar. Todd denied being the person who made those searches, claiming his family members all knew the password to his iPad. The Mollus farm had two security cameras, both mounted high on their hog barns to cover different areas of their farm. One pointed directly at the red shed. When the search warrants were executed on November 16, officers removed the recorder from the farm office to check for footage on the day Amy was killed. You indicated a moment ago that you were able to determine that there was two cameras at the Mullis farm. Yes. And I believe you called them camera one and camera two. Yes. Did you um, also ask Todd about those devices? I did. And then did you, where did you go to retrieve those devices? We went to the shop, the red and white building, the shop to the north, um, and in the back right corner of the of the shop, there's an office. And you seize the DVR systems for both of those cameras? There's one DVR system. Both cameras are linked to that DVR. And was, was that DVR system analyzed yes. after another search warrant? Yes. What we had found is that we had camera one, camera two, the video camera, Front that was displaying at the angle towards the red shed. Uh, we were unable to find any video for that camera. Uh, we couldn't determine if the video was deleted or if the system just never recorded. The other camera system that, that displayed the yard, like the North Hog building, the shop, and over towards the house, the general yard, that one did have video. So it recorded from September 11th, 2018 to October 29th, 
2018. And then there was no recordings from October 29, 2018 until the day after the homicide, November 11th. So that window from the 10th to October 29th, there was no recording. So we weren't able to determine if it recorded or if it was, or if the, the data was deleted. By the fourth day of the trial, the prosecution had painted a picture of Todd to the jury as a jealous, vengeful husband who had been planning the callous murder of his unfaithful wife for months. The cameras covering the farm had been turned off in preparation. A murder weapon conveniently in place ready for the strike. Google searches in the early hours fueling his anger and his plans for revenge. Todd, they claimed, had waited until Amy had her surgery, knowing she would be weakened and easy to portray as dizzy and unsteady on her feet. The response by the defense was to put Todd Mullis on the stand. His attorney walked him through the events of November 10th. Jury members watched his body language closely as they listened to the words he carefully chose to explain that day. Todd maintained he did not kill his wife, that he had found her in the red shed pulled the corn rake from her back in an effort to get her into the truck to drive her to the hospital. He was polite and careful in his speech, focused and attentive to questioning. He kept his voice low and level as he described being told his wife had died. As the prosecution took over the questioning, there was a sharp shift in tone and pace. They were about to lay down their ace card against Todd Mullis. At some point, I assume... Medical people informed you that she had passed. Yeah, I don't know how long later. Uh, I think it was uh, I think it was Durst came in and told me that, and, and it was a priest, and they were all there. And By that time, had your family arrived? Yeah, I can't remember. Honestly, I think I think I think uh, Mike was there, maybe. I just can't remember exactly who was all showing up at, at that time. Is I remember there was a bunch of people coming in. I remember when I was on the 911. It was like the 911 call said. I said I, she must have fell on a fell on a corn fork. And I I really don't know what happened. I just I thought she fell on it. I don't know. So on November 10th, 2018, when this happens to Amy. You're not at all suspicious that she's cheating? That she's cheating, no. At that point, you're not, you don't have one worry that she's cheating? No. And when you're actually there giving her CPR and you're giving those chest compressions, all you're thinking about is your wife, right? Yes. You're thinking about how you're trying to save her life. Yes. And you're thinking you're doing everything. Because I think you even say on the 911 tape, I'll do anything, right? When they asked me to do CPR, I said I'll do whatever and, will and, help her. And you mean that? You'll do anything at that point to help save your wife? Yes. Okay. Uh, Your Honor, at this time, can I publish um, a, a clip of the 911 tape? Yes, go ahead. Now, Todd, here I'm going um, to play you the part where you're doing the chest compressions, and I'm just going to ask that you listen in between the chest compressions, okay? <laughs> No, Chad, did you just 
hear that whisper at the end of that? Yes. And what did you whisper? I couldn't hear it. Okay, I'm going to play it again. Todd, do you whisper cheating whore right there? No. So you don't remember what you whispered? No. Okay, I'm going to play another clip for you. Do, do you know what you whispered there? No. Did you hear that? So I'm going to play that part one more time. Just try to listen really closely. I just want to know if you remember what you said. Right there, do you say, go to hell, cheating whore? No. So you don't hear that? No. You didn't hear at 6.53, cheating whore? You didn't hear that? I didn't hear that word. And it's right at that, after you hear a ping, you don't hear, go to hell, cheating whore? No. The prosecution's case hinged on the murder being about more than revenge. It was about self-protection. If Amy left him... As a part of the divorce, she could take half the farm and potentially up to $2 million from their trust fund. On Friday, September 20th, the sixth and final day of the trial, closing arguments for both sides concluded. After a brief deliberation session and a weekend of rest, the jury came back to the deliberation room on Monday, September 23rd, and didn't take them long to return their verdict. They found Todd Mullis guilty for first-degree murder. Todd's face revealed his hope before the verdict was read. His eyes repeatedly looked up as he sat leaning forward, waiting to hear his fate. On hearing the word guilty, his eyes closed, and he began to shake his head. In Iowa, the sentence for first-degree murder is life with no chance of parole. Todd's sentencing was delayed when COVID hit the world in early 2020. On September 4, 2020, almost exactly one year after he was convicted, he returned to court to be formally sentenced by the judge. He also exercised his right to speak during the hearing. Mr. Mullis, you have the right to speak today if you'd like to. You're not required to. Your attorney has uh, spoken on your behalf. This is the only chance you'll get to speak today before I present, uh, before, before I pronounce judgment. Is there anything you would like to say today? I did not do this. Uh, this is supposed to be America where you have a fair chance of proving your innocence. We shouldn't have to prove your innocence instead of the other way around. I thought it was guilty until, or not, uh, innocent until proven guilty. I feel this is the other way around. And I was a faithful and loving husband, and I never did this. Okay, thank you, sir. Todd Mullis appealed his conviction at the beginning of this year. His plea for a new trial was rejected and his murder conviction upheld. Amy Mullis was a beautiful woman and a loving mom to her children. She felt trapped in her marriage and sought out escapism, building the courage to leave her husband of 14 years and set out on her own. Everyone deserves that right. Everyone should be able to make their own decisions and choices in their own lives. On that day in November 2018, Todd took that from her as he viciously launched his attack 
when she was vulnerable and least expected it. Amy had no ability to defend herself. In his feeble attempt to present her murder as a freak farm accident, Todd Mullis boxed himself into a corner. By his own admission, there was no one else on the farm that morning. When he brutally attacked his wife, he swung the corn rake repeatedly, smashing into her back from multiple angles. She had cuts, bruises, and abrasions on her face, hands, and knees, all of which she suffered while still alive and most likely fighting to survive. A second infidelity and the prospect of losing his beloved farm and potentially millions from their trust fund was too much for Todd Mullis to bear. His solution was as cold-blooded as it can be. In the final stages of his performance, as a loving husband desperately trying to save his wife, he couldn't contain the venom as he carried out CPR. His callous plan relied on authorities believing Amy's horrific death was an accident. Experience told them immediately that it wasn't. The injuries left on Amy's body told the true story of how her life was so cruelly taken from her. Amy will not see her children grow into adults and begin their own independent lives. Her innocent children will not have their mother there to guide them. Todd Mullis will now have to live with the consequences of his actions. He will never escape what he has done, and he can never turn the clock back. Gone are the serene fields of Earlville and the gentle humming of his own farm operations. For the rest of his natural life, he will be caged day after day within the secure walls of a prison cell. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.